guys, I want to welcome everybody out to Laidlaw's Harley-Davidson Podcast. We're doing Season 2, Episode 1 here, and we've got a serious crew from the shop here. I've got Jamie, I've got Andrew, and Nick. And today the topic is going to be adventure touring versus grand American touring. And obviously something that's happened in recent past years, Harley-Davidson has come out with their Pan America, which is their first entry into the adventure touring world, right? And so I noticed on their website, they have two classifications now. They have Grand American Touring, which I've never seen that on their website before, but they're kind of using that tagline and that classification more and more nowadays. And they have their adventure touring section on their website as well. So I thought it would be cool to talk about the differences between Grand American Touring and adventure touring and help people really decide if they're trying to decide, okay, wow, I'm confused here now. Which one do I get? I like to tour, but which one is best for me? Hopefully we can clear up and answer a lot of those questions for you guys today. And, you know, all of us in this room have ridden both. Currently, all of us in this room own adventure touring bikes. And all of us besides, yeah, Nick own (laughs) a uh, Grand American Touring chassis, Harley-Davidson as well. And so let's talk a little bit about uh, what, what really you should look at and focus on when you're, when you're trying to decide between the two. And, And first off, I want to get one kind of out of the way. And I think everybody, when they think about adventure touring, they think about off-road, right? So the capability of going off-road, you have that ability with the adventure touring bikes, but with a heavy Harley-Davidson, as we figured out on our recent Death Valley trip, you get in the sand with a heavy touring chassis bike and you do not go very far, very quick. <laughs> um, That's for sure. Yeah. So uh, Brandon. That's your Brandon, who <laughs> he's got incredible skills. Actually, Andrew, I think, went the furthest. Yeah, he did. Yeah, well. He almost crashed into me. It was great. <laughs> yeah. So um, there's obviously a little bit of overlap. Obviously, the, the overlap with uh, the adventure touring bike has a lot more capability of touring than the Grand American touring bike has capabilities of off-road. But we want to talk a little bit about the overlap and, and things to, to kind of look for. So sticking with terrain, yeah, let's talk a little bit about terrain and things that you should consider when, when you're thinking about uh, picking one of these bikes. Um, let's kick it off with Andrew. Andrew, so you recently bought a Pan America. You've also owned other bikes in the past, uh, Yamaha Tenere as yeah, well. Super Tenere 2014. Yeah, I mean, having the ability to take your motorcycle a long distance, being able to go to destinations like, let's say, Vegas or Tahoe or Mammoth and to see a dirt road off off of the beaten path and to be able to explore that road is just, it's huge. And to have that ability to do it and be comfortable on a long trip along the way is awesome. Also talking about the terrain as well, um, I usually tell people, when you buy an adventure touring bike, you don't necessarily have to commit to going off-road. Nick, you don't, you've, you've basically at this point committed to adventure touring as your, well, you own other motorcycles, but I think before the podcast, you were talking about how if you had to just have one bike, it would be the Pan America at this point, right? What was kind of your, your thought behind that? I don't really plan to do a whole lot of dirt riding on the bike. I guess the extent of dirt riding I would be doing is probably just like fire road stuff for camping and honestly similar to what we did before. So like the actual overall stuff that I'm going to be doing on the bike probably won't change much from my low rider. But the nice thing is that Pan America and a lot of adventure bikes, not just the Pan America, but obviously the Pan America has a lot of advantages, especially for someone of my height, uh, being able to ride it um, with the adaptive ride height. It, It basically means that no matter what someone offers me, like, hey, we're going to go take a trip to Vegas and hit up some of the, you know, desert and go camp out there or something. I can do it. Um, 
if someone says, hey, I, we're going to go on a long distance ride to Sturgis and we're not going to touch anything but pavement the entire time, I could do it and I'll be pretty darn comfortable, more comfortable than I would probably even be on my soft tail. Um, and so it's, you know, a jack of all trades kind of bike. I think in every single category that it dips its toes into, there's a better bike, um, but there's no bike that, you know, dips its toes into all of the categories and is better in all of the categories than an adventure bike. So, um, you know, if you have a buddy who wants to go to a track day, you could go on your Pan America and have a very good time and you could surprise a lot of, you know, track bikes, especially if you're a capable rider. If you want to go out uh, on a dirt fire road or even something a little more technical, if you've got some, some decent, you know, dirt chops, uh, you could probably keep up with some bikes and surprise some people. And, you know, if you're just going to go for a long haul ride for a couple of weeks, you'd probably surprise a lot of the baggers out there with how comfortable you were compared to them. Um, and, you know, if you did find a twisty road you'd, and you, you were a good rider, uh, you'd be smoking pretty much anyone who was on a bagger. So yeah. um, the nice That's, thing is it's a Goldilocks bike. You can do pretty much anything on an adventure bike, um, yeah. even if there's a better bike, you know, at the margins of every single category. That's the beauty of the Pan America, and, and not only the Pan America, but the adventure bike category is on one day when I went riding, I went to the rock store and was keeping up with majority of the sport bike riders oh, yeah. and passing some of them, some of them, but um, <laughs> being bags. able to do that with bags, with full bags. I, I mean, I'm like three lanes wide, dude. Like being able to go out there, rip on that thing, and then later on down uh, during the day, uh, I went up to the Santa Monica Mountains. I found a dirt road. And I took that thing up probably a mile or like a couple few hundred yards into a dirt road that kind of just led into the hills of uh, Santa Monica Mountains. So that same day I was charring up the tires and getting them dirty and riding them, riding that same bike back home and was more comfortable and was able to take everything with me that day. So it's so cool to do something like that on a bike. And like you said, it's, it's the whole adventure bike category, you know, of, of having a Swiss army knife of a motorcycle. I think it's really cool. Yeah. The versatility is amazing. Jamie. So you recently got a 21 model year road King special Deadwood green. Great color, by the oh, way. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you recently just picked up an adventure touring bike as well. Talk I a little did. bit about like your thoughts behind that. Like you have two, like, would you have the adventure <clears throat> touring bike and not the Harley? Like what's your thought behind that? Well, the, uh, yeah, my heart is with my Harley that road King has been great. And, uh, I absolutely love it. You know, I have it set up great for me and uh, does almost everything I want it to except for the off-roading portion, you know. And I've been looking into that category for years now, and I just haven't, you know, I haven't pulled the trigger on one yet just because I haven't really had a, a group of people that were, you know, really into it. Um, and this was kind of an opportunity for me to, you know, get into that. So I, I was quite excited when I found out that you guys, you know, were going to get into it. And then, of course, I was very excited when Harley decided they're building one. That, that just blew me away. And, uh, you know, they did such a great job. And uh, so, yeah, you know, I, I don't regret the purchase of the Road King by any means. I have no plans of getting rid of it. Um, but, you know, I love riding no matter what it is, two wheels. And uh, if I can get off-road, which is, you know, my love is camping and off-roading and, you know, Doing things like that. Moto so, camping. Yeah, moto camping. I just love that stuff. So There's no better bike, I think, to do moto camping on than an adventure touring bike. Exactly, and that's where that's at. It opens a lot of doors for us. So you, you touched on something that we're going to – we have some topics here that we're going to cover pretty quickly, hopefully. Um, and one of those is, like, your riding network, Jamie, and you touched on, you know, the rest of us having adventure touring bikes, which yes. 
was one of those factors that you considered when you when you bought your adventure touring bike. But let, let's move on now to guys to performance. Um, and this is one that, that we had talked in length about before we started the podcast. And that is you know, on the Pan America, obviously you have a bike that is liquid cooled. It's puts out 150 horsepower, which is a lot more power than your typical big twin traditional Milwaukee eight Harley Davidson. Um, and so this is definitely one of the, the, the several factors that I feel like you should consider when trying to decide between the two. So now obviously we've gotten the, the off-road aspect out of the way. If you're going to off-road on a bike and you want to do the fire roads, the Jeep trails, things like that, it's an, it's an obvious choice that you go with the adventure touring bike, the Pan America, if you want to stick to the Harley brand, right? So let's talk a little bit about performance. Uh, I think that there's probably some people that have ridden sport bikes their entire lives. Maybe they don't like a big twin feel or character of the bike and they, uh, they just want that high-performing bike that has the lean angle. If they spin that throttle, the thing is going to haul. That would be something that you definitely want to pick the, the Pan America or Adventure Touring Bike, right? So since you're always big on performance, uh, Nick, why don't you talk a little bit about how that factors into your decision to... And you just traded in your Lowrider S, right? Yeah. So um, that was kind of a big move. You got rid of your traditional Milwaukee 8 Big Twin, and you're now all in on your Pan America, oh, among other... Bikes yeah. you have, you know, you have an MV Agusta as well. Uh, yeah, so I've got uh, some some broken Italian bikes um, <laughs> that I keep around because they're pretty. Um, but like, obviously, my commuter is always my Harley for a whole host of reasons. You know, reliability, um, you know, access to parts, you know, uh, servicing, all that kind of stuff. But uh, performance is definitely something that's like a big deal to me. Um, I think it's a big deal to a lot of riders. But when you're buying a touring bike, you know, you're going to be sacrificing performance. And so I don't view it as uh, the most important category when it comes to touring overall, but for some riders, it's going to be more important than others. Um, I'll have customers come into my office, you know, looking to buy a bike. They've been riding sport bikes forever. And now their mentality is I want to slow down. I just want to cruise. I just want to go out for a nice Sunday cruise. Um, you know, if that's your mentality, then, Picking between a Grand American touring bike and a Pan America, it's like touring. I mean, the performance side of it's going to be pretty much irrelevant at that point because you're just looking to cruise. Um, but for me, that's not really my mindset. My mindset's still, I want to kind of go fast. I want to have a really agile bike. I want to have a bike with a lot of lean angle. Um, I really like the rev happy nature of, um, you know, the rev max motor. Um, I was actually one of the guys that was disappointed with the 131 when they cut the rev limit back. I mean, the motor makes tons of power and it's amazing power plant don't get me wrong but like i liked that the old stage fours lost bottom end torque and gained high rpm i liked that you had a bumped red line i just thought that was cool and unusual and different for a big twin um and since they've gone in a different direction with the stage kits i think more customers are going to be happy but uh, for me like i'm just still in that phase where i like that revy you know rev happy motor um and so you know i think that if performance is a really important aspect for you when you're considering the bike then you kind of you're either going to be dumping tons and tons and tons of money to make a performance bagger because um, it's just not a cheap endeavor uh, to make that kind of bike fast. I mean, they're awesome and really cool bikes, but um, you know, for you know what is essentially what twenty grand, depending on how you option it, Pan Am's going to you know just eat uh, pretty much any bagger alive on a Absolutely. on a track or canyon road. Um, not to mention the weight too. I mean, yeah, yeah. three hundred pounds less weight on the Pan America. Oh, power so. to weight. That's everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you've got uh, electronic suspension. You've got, you know, you've got a, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that, you know, if, if Harley just put slicks on, on the Pan Am, they'd probably beat their factory, you know, 131 race bike. Um, just 
Yeah. <laughs> All they had to do was put slicks on it, um, and they'd Absolutely. probably beat it. So um, that doesn't mean the factory race bike isn't cool. Um, and there's definitely also something to be said for actually building up something in a performance way. Like having just a bone stock bike with bone stock, everything be really fast is cool and nice and convenient, but some people want to modify their bike. They want to do a stage four kit. They want to get that big lopey cam. They want to hear that stuff. They, they like that, you know, they like muscle cars. They don't care if they're resto modded, you know, hundred thousand dollar Camaro is slower than a brand new C8 Corvette because there's a certain character, charm, look, personality they're going for. Um, and you know, that's just something to consider. It's taking yeah. a performance bagger, like, that as a whole, it's taking something that's not meant to go fast and making it fast, making it lean harder, go faster, you know, keeping up with your guy in an R6, you know, is yeah. that's a 900-pound bike or what what it started off as is now leaning and doing a X amount of speed and down the track, which is really cool. So you're, you're talking about the appeal of this, building up a Milwaukee 8. Yeah, as a like performance a bagger. Right, you know, right. right. So. There's something cool about that in and of itself, yeah. making oh, a bike absolutely. that's not supposed to be like this speed demon and building yeah. it up. Yeah, yeah. There's something cool about that. I'd say long story short though, like if performance is really important to you, uh, Pan Am's probably going to be the direction to go nine times out of 10. Um, Absolutely. Unless you're really into modifying or you really want a big twin or something like that. And it, it's not as cut and dry as the dirt, you know, component where it's like, if you want to go in the dirt, get the Pan Am. Yeah. Um, the performance question is not as cut and dry as that, but it's still pretty cut and dry. Like if you want to go fast, it's hard. It's hard yeah. to not recommend the Pan Am. Yeah. absolutely agreed yeah. let's um so we talked a little bit about character um so let's that's one point for the pan america if you really favor and, and performance is high on your priority list then the pan america is really the obvious choice if going off-road is a, a high priority then pan america is you know way up there let's talk a little bit about character and, and andrew touched on this a little bit about how cool it is to ride a fast big twin as opposed to a fast like sport bike or a fast adventure touring bike there's something cool about hopping up, you know, an air-cooled push rod V-twin, yeah. the, the, the thump and the character of a, you know, a, a traditional Harley-Davidson, right? And so I, I would definitely argue, and I think I'm, we're unanimous in our decision here, that character definitely goes to the big twin bike. Just a big twin bike just revs your heart, definitely. Man, it's, it's, it's got the sound, it's got the, the idle, the, the just overall experience on a big twin, especially... Riding one stock, you know, with a stock muffler straight from the showroom floor, the first day you throw on a, a slip-on exhaust. And, and, you know, from that to a stage one all the way to a stage four, whatever you go with, and feeling how the motor takes the modifications and reacts and puts it to the ground is just something really, to me, is really important. Like, you know, starting a stock 107 and then, doing a stage one and then stage three and feeling the difference between the RPM, the grunt, the passing power, the sound, everything like that. I mean, yeah, if, if I have a, a big twin go by me with a big loud exhaust, go by me, you know, 80, 90 miles an hour on the freeway. Oh yeah. Like to me, it's like, damn, that was awesome. Yeah, but I absolutely. have a Pan America go by me at 80, 90 miles an hour. It's like, <laughs> Okay, you know, that's yeah. all right, cool. Yeah. cool. That what guy goes that? fast. Yeah. A guy you know? going to work right there. Yeah. I yeah. Think personally, one of the best sounds to me and, <laughs> is a classic twin cam uh, with a Thunderheader exhaust on it or an yeah. Evo, you know, an Evo motor with a, a carburetor with a nice Thunderheader at idle. 
I mean, that, those two yeah. sounds have just, to agree. Yeah. Oh, dude, they sound you so awesome. You can't beat that character in yeah. a motorcycle. You can't replace it, that, dude. And it translates in the way it rides. Oh, absolutely. You know, when you're riding That's that the feeling, bike, yeah, it gives you that feeling that it. You know, if you haven't done it and you haven't ridden them, yeah. it's hard to explain. Yeah. But uh, you know, and the yeah you know, the adventure touring bikes, they give you a rush. You yeah. Know, you definitely get that adrenaline rush. It's different. But you don't yeah. quite have. Whatever that feeling is, yeah. you know, it is different. It's and not it, the fastest thing. It's not the, you know, it's yeah. not the best performing thing from the fact. But yeah. th- that sound and that feeling, the way it revs and moves your body, moves your soul, dude, is awesome. Yep. It's so cool. Let's talk a little bit about uh, just highway and touring comfort. And we were a little bit mixed on this. My personal opinion, I feel like the traditional Grand American touring Harley-Davidson is superior in comfort. I personally like the floorboards, feet out in front. Uh, I just You can have a lot more options with bars and things, and I'm sure in the adventure touring world we'll see more options as far as bars. But, you know, just available seats, backrests, like rider backrests. I just feel like in a, a Grand American touring bike right now, the traditional Harley-Davidson, and, and for passenger as well, we might as well lump these two together. Passenger comfort, if you're going to ride with a passenger on a frequent basis, I think the overall comfort if I'm doing four or five, 600 miles in a day, give me my street glide all day long as opposed to the adventure touring bike. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with that. You know, if I was going to choose a uh, you know, cross-country trip or something, I, I think I would be more inclined to use the Road King over my adventure touring bike for sure. Uh, the, the wind coverage, you know, the, uh, just the overall comfort, the planted feel of the heavier chassis. Yep. Um, and, and just even the... Uh, you know, the, the feel of the, the lower revving, cruising torque monster of an engine compared to something that's a little more high strung, you know, over a long period of time, it actually kind of fatigues you as well. You just touched on two things, Jamie, that I really want to highlight. Wind protection, the fairing on a street glide, road glide, whatever you have, uh, is far superior to anything that you can put on a, on the front of an adventure touring bike. Yes. And that, when you're going down the highway for a long, prolonged, you know, mileage, that is worth a lot. You know, not having that wind beating you. You also mentioned the hum of the motor, and I think Andrew was talking before we started recording. Maybe it was uh, Nick. I can't remember, but um, just having that low RPM, you know, you're doing 3,000 yeah. RPM, 80 miles an hour in sixth gear on, on a Milwaukee 8, whereas on the Rev yeah. Max, you're winding it out a little bit more, which yep. isn't the end of the world, but no, you know, when you're laying down a lot of mileage, that's just one more factor that, in my opinion, incre- increases that comfort level. Yeah, it's more of a soothing soothing vibe as you're going down the road you know and you, you feel it's just a different feel once again you know absolutely yeah, for me it's it's like um a lot of the things i would need to do to a bagger to make it a lot more comfortable than a <clears throat> like a pan am would require a fair bit of modifications partly due to my size um with like suspension just being too stiff because i'm just not in like the user rec- you know the operating recommended you know realm so that's, um, that's a one I wanted to highlight as well. We might as well touch on it now. Suspension, you know, obviously the suspension on the Pan America, seven and a half inches is the 2.1 on the specials. Yeah, so the suspension's far superior. Yeah, it affects a whole bunch of different categories from performance to comfort. Um, so suspension's a, you know, a massive deal on that bike. Um, but, you know, everything you guys said, yeah. I, I mean, if I were doing mostly 400 mile days on my bike, like if my bike was unlimited and it sat there, except for when I, me and my girlfriend were going on, you know, three, four day long adventures. And most of our days were three to 600 miles of riding. Oh boy. Yeah. yeah the bagger would be hard to pass up, uh, because the extra wind protection, the sound system, you know, the, 
I, I, you know, the more usable storage, you know, even if you put hard bags on the Pan Am, just to open the bag, you've got to use a key, you know, every single time. Um, it, there's just quality of life uh, things about the baggers that make them nicer to use overall. Um, not as, you know, utilitarian in terms of being able to do a whole bunch of different things, but like when it comes to long distance touring, um, yeah, they're, they're the superior bike. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just recently got the top case from Pan America and I got that little pad as well. And my wife's ridden on the back of my bike a little bit before I had the, the top case, but it's, she's not going to be as comfortable on the Pan America as she is on my street glide. Like no question. So yeah. if you, if you plan on riding on road, a lot of mileage, then the grand American touring bike, in my opinion, is the obvious choice. Like you got to go grand American touring. Um, I mean, personally for me, I'm kind of stuck between the two because I've done a lot of <clears throat> distance miles on an adventure bike and on sport bikes as well, um, or, or naked bikes, so to speak, where my feet and the ergonomics to that are, are underneath me. And I just, I started off, I grew up riding dirt bikes and stuff like that. And my sport bikes, everything I've ever known is my, my knees are bent legs underneath me and doing you know going to the super tenor and doing long distance on that it, you know that that's a familiar you know seat position and then going to a harley and doing a, a lot of harley you know our big twin doing a lot of uh miles on my streak glide and the road glide and and a big you know touring bike i kind of got used to that still kind of missed the position of of an adventure bike but to me it personally depends on kind of what uh, how long you're doing, how many miles in a day, what your trip looks like, who you're riding with. Uh, I find myself, you know, squirming around a lot on, on the Road King or any touring bike. Uh, I find myself standing up a lot often, standing on the rear pegs, standing up, kind of just, you know, stretching out. Yeah, you, you were saying that an argument for the comfort for an adventure touring bike was the fact that you could stand up and, like, stretch your yeah. legs and stuff. And I said, mm -hmm. well, what about, uh, you know, highway pegs? For me, I'm a huge believer in highway pegs on my Not street glide. Yeah, and that's kind of surprised me because, yeah. you know, I, if I, as long as I can change the position of my feet and stretch my legs out, and sometimes we, I go backwards and use the passenger pegs, mm -hmm. that to me stretches my knees out, you know, moves the, the muscles in my hips and things like that. Yeah. But you said that that's no substitute to being able to stand up. To stand up, to use the muscle that have been dormant for 150 miles yeah. or so, to be able to stand up, to, to air out your, your crotch and, and, you know, get <laughs> dry, up dry off your balls. Butt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> draw the balls and, and be able to stand up and, and air, air your ass out is, is huge. And to me personally, it buys me another 20 miles to be able uh, to do it on a tour or a mm -hmm. adventure touring bike where the ergonomics is pretty much built for where you can stand up. Your rises are right there. You can still see yeah. your gauge. The bike, you know, is, is a lot more responsive in that position as opposed to a low center gravity kind of big touring yeah. bike where, you know, you have bars on it or something, the bike's, you know, it's heavy, but yeah, I, between the two, I mean, like you said, the I like heavier feel, chassis yeah, works better on long But I get, I get your point because I really enjoy that feel as well, being a, you know, dirt bike rider and all yeah. that good stuff. And uh, it's just a natural feel that gets second nature to me, you Absolutely. know. So, yeah, uh, and it's a more of a commanding position yeah. to where, uh, you know, for agility and making quick maneuvers, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I do feel more confident on the adventure touring type yeah. chassis, mm -hmm. uh, just because of that commanding, uh, position that you're in, yeah. you know, on the bike. But as for long-term for myself, you know, I guess another factor that would be between the two, I feel like I could do some, I could do some big miles on either platform, but, uh, I think the rate of speed 
that you know, that we're doing those miles that yeah. comes into play too where mm-hmm. i think my my grand touring chassis is going to be better oh absolutely you know so yeah rate of speed is another thing so you know, 65 mile an hour plus you like the the road king better yeah i mean 70 75 plus yeah, yeah I, I like the road king better um yeah. anything under that uh you know the adventure touring does really well yeah, it, yeah. it does well. But, it'll, uh, it'll blip up to 130 great, but that sustained 75, 80 miles an once hour. Once again, it'll wear you out again, yeah, yeah. For at least for me, you know. Agree. I mean, I'm yeah. right there with you. I totally agree with 100%. Yeah. Nick, Nick, Nick touched on storage space. I want to just kind of talk about this for a little bit longer. The Grand American Touring Bikes, like the saddlebags, the stock saddlebags, um, we're going to talk about price a little bit, but they come on the bike. Um, they, have, they can hold more, I think. Is, am I right there? The saddlebags hold more than the the, the both say the side cases. The pan- I think I'd they're, say they're the more practical. Yeah. I think you can get more stuff in the soft bags and hard bags potentially. Nick, Nick has the soft bags for his Pan America. I just bought massive. the aluminum side cases. They are really big. We're gonna do a video on um, you know the different luggage options in the Pan America here in the near future. I'd rather lane but, split on the Road King. Yeah. With bags than the Pan America. Definitely, bags. Pan American oh, yeah. bags are like it's all yeah. just usability. Or like the advantages, I think, because con- yeah, convenient. They're locking. They're extremely easy to open. This is all on the Grand American tour- touring bikes, yeah. um, and they look better. Uh, they're also more yeah. narrow, so it's easier to split with them. Maybe yeah. maybe not compared to the soft bags on the Pan Am, but certainly compared to the hard bags. The hard bags, I mean, it's like wings yeah. coming off the yeah. side of the bike, and this is true for pretty much every adventure bike because on the right side or the left, depending on yeah. where they mount the exhaust. exhaust. Like the bracket always for the hard bags, I just think it's like yeah. way, way off, right? Um, this is huge for us it, guys that live in California, by the way, because yeah. lane splitting is life in California. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't, Which, you don't live in California, <laughs> then maybe yeah. you don't and, care about and this. I'll see you guys yeah. in the comment section, <laughs> yeah. okay, where you guys are talking about how dumb it is. But okay, and we can get into an argument there. But um, Another day. Yeah, <laughs> another day, right? Um, tour packs, too. Tour pack. American touring bikes, the King Tour Pack, that it's is massive. a large pack. I mean, yeah. it's like Two class. Helmets. It's like yeah. class leading. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. like no other manufacturer that makes this big of a tour pack. Yeah. And, uh, and it looks good too, yeah. you know? It looks, it looks good. Yeah. It has really good integration with like light functionality. It's going to, you're not going to be able to do it as well. I mean, obviously, Jamie spent hours rigging up the police one. Like, you, you can mount lights to the Pan Am uh, Tour Pack and do it cleanly, but it's not as seamless as what it is on the baggers, like the, especially the dressers where it already comes like that from the factory. Um, but I just think that it's all about ease of use and convenience, the barrel key locking everything and your ignition, um, not having to lock it to open it or, you know, close it. Um, so just not needing the key. Uh, if you're somewhere where the bike's always in sight, like it's really nice to be able to just walk up. They're one touch to to clarify too. You're talking about the grand American bikes are a lot easier because they have the barrel key. Whereas the Pan America bikes yeah. are a little bit a lot harder to open and close you exactly. need the key you can't yeah. even open them or without if, unlocking them yeah if, if you're doing the soft bags maybe i haven't seen the sport touring bags on the pan am so maybe it's a different yeah. story there but i think capacity is a lot lower at that point than mm-hmm. the other two options but um everything on like the adventure bikes it's like they're designed to take a beating they're designed to be dropped tipped over um you know they have other design considerations than yes. just pure ease of opening and functionality um but even on like we get on trade, obviously, uh, dresser baggers from other manufacturers. 
and everyone else's bag designs i just think are garbage like they're just terrible like none of the bags the bags open properly like they just don't shut. feel good yeah yeah, yeah. Right. yeah like yeah. i yeah. i don't know what it is um i mean when, when you can open your bags things. yeah yeah when you when you can open your bag when you're riding down the highway like i do often and, and grab out a gopro or whatever oh, dude, and huge. close it when i'm going down the freeway yeah. you yeah. know that's ease of use right <laughs> without even looking and yeah. it's just you know where it is it's, and i don't recommend okay. that by the way they're not designed to be you know operating yeah. in, in in uh when you're actually riding the bike but on a pan america you could never open up the bags no, when you're in route I, to your location i think that nick touched upon uh something really good there's the intended use you know on the uh, adventure touring uh you know i'm sure that those bags are locked every time you're in and out of them for a reason you know the yeah. uh, the jostling the you know jumping the crashes <laughs> yeah. yep. you know all, all the things that can happen you know when you're out there venturing you know off-road and everything uh being in it unfamiliar just, places. Yeah, I think you'll be very happy that you locked that every time. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're, uh, instead of having things going, you know, flying out everywhere. That's Absolutely. a good point. So there's probably, I'm sure there's a good reason for it. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, let's talk a little bit about electronics too. So on the Grand American, American Touring Bikes, if you have a fairing, you have an infotainment system that is superior to the Pan America. Yes, you have a lot of the same functionality. On the Pan America for music, you got to have your headset but on the street glides, road glides, and the limited versions of both, you have speakers and you have a GPS that is integrated into the brain of the uh, infotainment system. So if you're a guy that, that likes his electronics, likes his navigation, makes it a little bit more seamless to use out on the road, the Grand American Touring Bikes are far superior in, in that regard, uh, in my opinion, especially around town too, if you like to bump the music and stuff and have your passenger enjoy it as well. And maybe you like to have some of the people walking by on the sidewalk enjoy your music as well. <laughs> then, then, I mean, obviously the Grand American Touring Bike is is uh, has a neck up in that category for sure. I will say though, while the Grand American Touring does have a significant advantage in electronics for like you know uh, convenience in terms of navigation and in terms of entertainment, in terms of like sound system, uh, I would say it's a pretty significant step down in terms of like overall sophistication of electronics when it comes to safety and riding dynamics and that kind of stuff. Um, I'm not necessarily advocating for electronic suspension on the baggers. Like I don't think it's really required. I think just like, uh, you know, what's on there right now is, is pretty good. Um, other than needing more suspension travel in the rear, but I know Harley's just in like a weird battle with trying to get the lowest seat height possible and also trying to be able to have the widest number of riders not bottom out the rear suspension it's a weird you know design uh problem to have um but the overall electronics package is a lot more sophisticated on the pan am when it comes to actually riding the bike in terms of being able to uh program modes and their modes that actually matter uh, yep. not just the dirt mode but like going from sport mode to comfort mode on that bike it's huge it's huge because yeah. and it's something that actually matters like yeah. a sport mode on an 800 pound bagger it, it doesn't really matter that much like yeah okay stiffening up the suspension improving the throttle spot response cool like it it, it doesn't matter matter that much it's still not going to be like a, a sporty bike but like the pan am in comfort mode is like a 1960s cadillac in terms of suspension oh, it's like wallowing <laughs> around it's yeah. too soft for anger yeah. oh right? yeah dude yeah. like coming when i had the the 2014 uh super tenere and it had es suspension or electronic suspension and, and the way to determine and decipher what mode you're in it showed you one helmet one helmet plus luggage two helmets two helmets y you kind of push a couple of buttons and you think it's doing something i mean mm -hmm. to me i didn't really notice it wasn't that drastic right away but doing the pan am 
and I kind of let off with you because you had a custom mode where you had sport uh, throttle with comfort suspension, kind of like a commuting yep. setting. And I tried that I out. To. Yeah, I tried it out. I played with all that, and I realized, dude, comfort is just too soft. And then I going back into it and like, you know, stiffening it up a little bit. Like I, I think I used road um, setting and then uh, sport throttle and a little bit of engine braking. You can just fine tune all that. Yeah. And it just, it translates and you feel it right away. And it, it's, you know, coming from the older technology, granted it was in 2014 to this and actually feeling it, you know, turn and, and work for you, which is really cool. I think that's. that's yeah, you could, you could make it into a, pretty competent track day experience by putting on some some more road bias tires and sport mode like those two things and then going to dirt mode and now suddenly it's a dirt bike not like dirt bike dirt bike but now it's competent on a you know fire road and uh you know even something that's a little bit more technical than a fire road i can't wait till someone tracks out of pan america yeah yeah yeah. i heard there's something (laughs) happening like that at some point yeah i'd be badass but um (laughs) i guess you know like i was saying uh that really matters on the Pan Am where it is a jack of all trades bike. You need that suspension to yeah. really turn it into that jack of all trades bike with the touring bikes being primarily focused on long distance touring. It's a little bit less important to make them dual personality. Um, but I will just say going back to electronics that the Pan Am's actual software for how it rides and how it operates seems to be way more sophisticated. It, it is. And I'm glad you brought that up actually. So yeah, let's definitely distinguish the two. So for infotainment, you know, the head unit infotainment and audio, the, the Grand American Touring is better there. But for, you know, ride modes, dialing it electronically, your engine, your suspension, your braking, your engine braking, all that stuff, you know, you're, you're in the suspension, you're way more sophisticated on the Pan America. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely glad you brought that up. And that but, translates, too, to the dirt, too, the, the electronic aspect in the oh, dirt. Yeah. Was, yeah, I mean, the off-road mode, dude, off-road plus. Not I mean, that dials in the, the level of ABS uh, oh, intervention man. as well. So, so yeah, grab a, a handful of brake in the dirt is just, from what we know, you know, grabbing, a, you know, yes. front brake in the dirt is just usually something you don't do. Yeah. But when we did the rawhide adventure, mm-hmm. oh, my God, dude, huge. I was yeah, sold was on cool electronics experience. on that. Yeah, <laughs> that was cool to experience. Um, let's touch on accessories real quick as well because, you know, as pretty common in the Harley Davidson world, everyone is all about the accessories and making the bike their own. Um, and so I think we would be amiss if we didn't talk about this a little bit. So grand American touring, just the fact that they've been around for so long, there's way more options in the accessory and parts and accessory, uh, department that you can get for the grand American touring bikes to really, you know, customize it to what you're, you're going for, you know, seat options, bar options. I mean, there's, you know, backrest options, luggage options. The, the list is, you know, limitless. I think on the Pan America, we're going to see a lot more in the, you know, the near future here. There's already a lot of aftermarket companies that are making bags for it and things like that. But if you want, if you're going for like that style aspect and really outfitting it to fit your ergonomics and body type, you have a lot more options on the Grand American Touring for sure at this point, at least. Yeah. And that's, that's really important, you know, and and that kind of leads into appearance as well. You know, the being able to make the bike look how you want and also just the general looks of the bike. I mean, I'm of the opinion that pretty much no adventure bike is a beauty queen. Um, 
I'd say the Pan Am, at least for my taste, is is the closest. It has a really nice highlighted motor. I love the way the Rev Max looks. I mean, obviously that was a big de- design consideration for that motor because they're going to stick it into bikes that aren't the Pan Am that have to actually be really attractive. Yeah, um, like but, the Sportster. Yeah, like the Sportster. <laughs> and, and you know, if they build a you know a Bronx of some sort, the you know the Cafe Racer leak you know thing, which is, who knows if that's legit or not, but like you know. Uh, the motor has to look good. So the motor looks good. It's highlighted. I think it's got a really clean industrial looking design, but like, I mean, sitting next to like a street glide special or road glide special, I mean, obviously oh, yeah. it's, it's atrocious looking yeah. compared to that. I, I Pan Am is a tool, yeah. you know, the Pan yeah. Am is yeah. a tool that yeah. a big touring bike or the, the grand American touring is more of a, an extension of oneself. You yeah. Know, yeah. I, I liked your quote the best. And you say, you've never seen a guy roll up on bike night on an <laughs> adventure touring bike before. Like, yeah. I, was <laughs> gonna, yeah. I was just going to mention <laughs> that you don't see a guy lining up at a bike show, yeah. polishing his adventure bike, trying yeah. to make it well, look I've as good it. as it can be. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure it may happen out there, but yeah. you know, more, more often than not, you're going to see somebody decking out their awesome, you know, absolutely. They're awesome. You know, road King or their, you know, street glide, whatever, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah. And just polishing that sucker up and, and, and that's where I'm at too. If I had to choose on looks, I mean, hands down, the, oh, no question. Yeah, I, I would take my Road King in a second. You know, in yeah. fact, I mean, my particular adventure touring bike, I think they're ugly as could be. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Jamie's got a KTM yeah. 890. Yeah. Oh, you put new. it out there. Yeah, <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah, it looks we, to me, it looks like a praying mantis or yeah. something. The you know the yeah, front end ass. of it, but but yeah. I do love it though. You know, I, I love it for what it is. I'm not dogging on it. You know, oh. I, I do enjoy it. But I, I think talk, talk about that, Jamie. Why, why did you go with KTM? <laughs> Well, for me, uh, there's a couple couple points for it, but uh, one of them was uh, honestly cost right now for me because I had to go with a little cheaper setup. I was going to buy something used, and then I'm like, well, I could get in one of these somewhat comfortable. Um, you know, just be the main reason is because I spent the money recently on my brand new Road King, which, like I said, I'm not going to part with that just to get anything else. Mm-hmm. But uh, if I did not purchase the Road King, I, I would be with probably Nick on the, the Pan America, or you guys actually, sorry, on, on the Pan America. Yeah. But uh, I'm glad it worked out the way it did because I'm now I'm lucky enough to have both. And after having you know my Road King right now, I just wouldn't part with it. I really enjoy it. Yeah, yeah so, so price is definitely a factor. And yeah, price. It fit you better too, right? It was kind of bit. one of the considerations. Yeah, a little bit better. Um, you know, I'm obviously a small guy. Um, so the bike itself, is it's actually a little bit lower. Uh, you know, I got to be honest though, the Pan America... With the adaptive uh, suspension, the adaptive ride height, and the low seat, actually feels maybe the same or possibly a little more comfortable than my bike now. How tall are you, Jamie? So, just for uh, five time. six. Okay, yeah. so at five six, you could ride the Pan America, but you easily, you like yeah, easily. So that's pretty good. Yeah, and you know the the difference too is the uh, the KTM is actually wide. You know the seating area is wide, so that's kind of the worst thing for short guys. You know. Yeah. First of all, you have a, a shorter inseam, and then you give them a wide platform to sit on, and your legs just kind of splay out sideways, you know? Yeah. So but it's 100 pounds lighter, too, right? The yeah, so that was the other factor, you know? So we have that. We have, you know, the size of it overall, it is a bit smaller. Um, the weight, and then, of course, the cost, since I just made the other big purchase. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk so. a little bit about price, since Jamie threw it out there. So the Pan America starts at, well, the special starts at $20,000. We haven't even sold the standard yet. Everybody seems to want the special. Oh, for sure. Um, the value is there. I mean, yeah. You, yeah. You, you, if you can afford the special, like the special is the better deal. It's more yeah. expensive, but everything that you want on there, everything that it comes with is stuff you're going to be adding anyway. So, Absolutely. You know, Brush cards, yeah. hand guards, center yeah. stands, uh, heated grips. The electronic suspension is electronic like massive. Like day maker. Yeah. 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 The adaptive day maker, yeah. the... 
I mean, you got the steering damper, the Olin steering. Yeah. yeah, it's it's all there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's good. The wheels, money. you can get the option of the wheels as well, and yeah. the adaptive ride height option as well. Which mm-hmm. we, you know, that's like a big one of the biggest selling points for the Pan Ams. Just we, so many of the customers want that adaptive ride height. Yeah. Yeah, and it was always a big question, like, whether or not this was really going to work. You know, it was cool on paper, but after riding it, like, I can save 100%, and I'm 6'6", so I don't really need it. My Pan America doesn't have it, but I could definitely feel that bike drop, you know, yeah. when, when it came to a stop, and I'm sure you guys can test that. It makes it easy for me to ride, you know. Yeah, yeah so, I mean, that's, I mean, that's a huge game-changer in the adventure touring world. Um, but so, price, you know, once you get the adaptive ride height and the wheels on there, you're about 21.5, you add, you know, the bags and everything. The bags are what? What are the side panniers for that thing? They're like I think it's 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 probably close to two grand for all of the hard bag and mounting hardware and the bags themselves um, okay. and labor. Uh, it's probably going to be right around there. Parts wise alone, it's probably like fifteen to eighteen hundred bucks for the parts on all those. And then if you do soft bags, I think you can get everything that the soft bags require for about a grand. So you're, um, if you do the hard aluminum bags, you're at about twenty three five, you know, with all of them installed, um, which is about the price of a street glide standard or a road glide standard with RDRS at least. With, okay, with RDRS, yeah, you're kind of there where it's it's a little bit of you know a, an even playing field, and you really just have to ask yourself, okay, which one is going to suit my riding needs better? Um, most people go with the special, you know, which now we're talking about uh, almost twenty eight thousand dollars, you know, with RDRS. And so um, that's where you get the 114. Price obviously is something you should definitely consider. I feel like the value of the Pan America and what you can use that bike for, um, dollar for, per use case, I feel like the Pan America ekes out a little bit. Yeah, the oh. utility is is one of those yeah. things that's hard to, you know. I think that Harleys have never been a particularly good value utility-wise. Like, you've got to really appreciate the fit and finish, the feel, the character. Like, they've never been spec sheet bikes. Like, we've right. talked about this before. Like, right. if you're looking at it from a spec sheet perspective, you know, you're, you're going to be confused um, as to what is there. And then you see the bike in person. You're like, okay, well, this is, like, a beautiful piece of art. Um, yeah. But the Pan Am isn't that beautiful piece of art. It's got a plastic fender. It's, you know, going for lightweight. It's... You know, it's a utilitarian thing, so the value has to be there. And so, I, you know, it's not surprising to, you know, to say that it's a much better value than the street glide from a utilitarian perspective of what it can do and what it comes with. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad you, you, you brought that up and, and really broke it down uh, utility-wise. Um, let's talk real quick about riding network, um, and I think Jamie brought this up. Um, a lot of times people have friends that ride, and... Um, I, it's very rare that you'd go out there and buy an adventure touring bike if you're the only one in your network of friends that have mm-hmm. that bike. Um, it seems like all four of us in this room bought Pan Americas within the last like six months. And so it was <laughs> funny how, you know, I think I got mine first and then yeah. Nick bought his. You really then, pushed me over the edge. I don't, I don't appreciate yeah. that. As soon as I bought it, you were like, no, I'm going to pay off the Road King. And then like two days later, I'm like, he's like, run my credit. Oh my God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, all right, moto camping. I mean, I know, that yeah. trip really did it for me. Yep. I don't know about well, The Death Valley trip? Yeah, dude. It, it was the... The fact that we were only about 25 yards from the highway. And we got stuck. And we got yeah. stuck. I'm like, and me and Jamie, actually, I pulled you aside. I'm like, dude, yeah. imagine if we all had Pan America. Yeah, how much you further know? we could go. <laughs> we yeah. like three miles in the desert, dude. Right. No one around. We may have not like, gone to sleep that night. We may have just <laughs> rode all night. <laughs> <in the laughs> yeah. And these are really, accompl- like, not me, but you guys are all 
pretty darn good dirt riders and you guys all got stuck like 25 feet in oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, there's yeah. nothing you can do about a road king and sand all the yeah. skill <laughs> all, all the skill in the world yeah. Yeah, you know you cannot are. compensate yeah. for sand yeah, yeah 800 pound anchor yeah. 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 it's gonna sink yeah. yeah i don't care if you're travis pastrana you're not going anywhere yeah. Yeah. absolutely dude. you're gonna you're gonna buy like bikes that your friends have you know if, if your friends all ride to the neptune's net or the rock store on on sunday on their low riders and their, and their road kings or whatever, their road glides, chances are you're going to be more happy on that type of bike. Um, you know, I don't think you're going to be like, hey, guys, you know, wait here. I'm going to go catch this dirt trail real quick. I'll see you guys in 10. I mean, it just doesn't happen like that. So your network is important. Um, it's actually, and it seems kind of silly, but that's actually a question I ask customers out on the showroom floor a lot too is like, do you have friends that you ride with? Do you have friends that you plan on riding? That's what important. bikes do they have? You know, a guy who's coming in to buy a Sportster, but his friends all ride road glides. It's like, bro. No, you're, you're, you're not going to, yeah, you're not yeah. going to enjoy yourself. You're going to be holding everybody up. They're going to be doing 80 while you're, you know, you know, white knuckling to do 80 out on the highway and with just five speeds. Well, you're at a gas station because you have a 48. Yeah. Because <laughs> you have two gallons of gas. Yeah. yeah. Been there. So then you're doing 120 and try to catch them yeah. if they didn't stop. I think another factor is, you know, the, uh, the age group that you're in, you know, and also, you know, if you're an enthusiast, you kind of want to. You know, if you're lucky enough, you know, you kind of want to almost own them all and experience them all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Every genre. At least at some, not at the same time. Which is why we all have two bikes at this right. point. Yeah. But, you know, at, at some point in your life, though, it's like the evolution of getting to the ultimate bike that you want, you know. Yeah. But it's also, it's going to change with, like you said, your riding buddies, exactly, your age, mm-hmm. and your interest. And totally. those are ever changing, hopefully, because otherwise life might be a little too boring, right? Yeah. 100%. So that's why you know I love having my sports, or I don't regret any bike that I've ever owned. Mm-hmm. I'm actually very happy, you know, yeah. that I've had all these different bikes. I've, I'm lucky enough to experience that. When your sports is a little different than most sports, <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A souped-up uh, starter roadster. Oh yeah, hell of a commuter. <laughs> <laughs> Got the hammerkin and the sportster, yeah. the roadster with the suspension. Uh, if your friends are. Like if you have multiple groups of friends and they all have different bikes, you've got, you know, guys who like, you know, naked sport bikes and you've got other guys that all have, you know, baggers. You know, if you get a Pan Am, you can do basically do anything, you know? Right. Yeah. You know? And so that's, that's one of the beauties of the adventure bike is um, if your friends don't have a consistent group of bikes and, and they don't all ride together and you just ride with a few of them here and there at different times, then, and you want one bike to rule them all, then, then the Pan Am's kind of a good answer. Yeah, you can kind of just be the uh, redhead stepchild of every group you ride with, yeah. as a, as opposed to being the shunned, <laughs> you know, uncle that doesn't get invited to anything. Exactly. <laughs> but you're able to do every aspect, yeah. which is cool. Yeah. yeah. So let's let's kind of end with uh, our final thoughts. Um, and and obviously the the premise of this video was to help people decide if they're between the two, which one they should buy based on their riding habits and their personality and things like that. And me personally, um, obviously, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have two bikes at this point, so I have the best of both worlds. But for me personally, just because most of my riding is on highway, doing my, my commute is 65 miles just to get to work, you know, so it's 130 miles in one day, mostly freeway. Um, and the rides we go on are mostly, at this point, mostly highway. Hopefully, we'll change that with some dirt here Off really, really soon. <laughs> but for me personally, and I ride with my wife, and obviously, I, I favor a lot of space, um, in spite of the fact that I bought a chop tour pack, I favor a <laughs> lot of space. And so Grand American Touring for me would be my first choice. Uh, it's awesome that I have a, a Pan America at this point because hopefully we can do more of the dirt. But um, that's kind of where I'm at in, in the whole scheme of things. Where you guys weigh in? Um, it's kind of hard for me to say, too, because I own both. And if you were to ask me to give up one, I'd give up the Pan Am. Um, 
mainly why I got the Pan Am is for one, I mean, it's a great commuter. Um, but you guys, it's it's all of you guys. If none of you had adventure bikes, I probably wouldn't have got it and got another Dyna. Um, I couldn't see myself um, giving up a traditional big twin, you know, for a Pan America or any other bike. Um, like I said in the beginning, the way a big twin revs your heart, the way it, the characteristic of that motor, the sound, everything about it is, is just so classic to me growing up with it in my family and stuff like that. Really love, you know, the traditional pushrod V twin. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, I mean, you guys were all getting Pan Americas. <laughs> I, I mean, Matt says it a lot, the honeymoon phase with, with the Pan America. So like, <laughs> It's the best thing on earth right now. And, it, you know, and to me, it is a big thing in t- to me is who I ride with and what they ride. Yeah. You know, so Ho- hopefully my opinion changes. Hopefully oh, you know, in the next year, you know, we've already got some trips planned. Hopefully yeah. after yeah. 2022, I'll say, you know what, if I had to keep one bike, it'd be the Pan America. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully I, I get into, you know, the, the dirt and the places you can go in the dirt, you know, a lot yeah. more, but we'll see. Yeah. What are yeah. your thoughts, Jamie? Um, I'm in a similar boat as Andrew. Um, I, yeah, my heart is with my Road King, um, and I would not have bought the adventure bike if I didn't have you guys, you know, getting into this category as well. Um, and even then, on top of that, I still wouldn't have bought it if I didn't myself have the intended use of actually using it what it, what it's capable of. You know, we know it's capable of just about everything, but I want to do the intended use, the intended use of going off road then than just staying to the highways, you know? Yeah, I, it's it's a tough decision, but I think I would stick with my Road King for now. But like I said, I'm, I'm lucky enough to have both. You know, I'm, I'm very thankful for that. And yeah. uh, man, it I, there's good things to come. And like Matt said, you know, same thing, is uh, if we start doing a bunch of off-road adventures. When? Yeah, when, I'm sorry. <laughs> when we, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when we start doing that, um, the rush that I get being off-road, off the grid, and enjoying everything outdoors, my mind would probably change rather quickly. Dude, yeah. I, I'm the same because, like, yeah. I mean, you, you may go back to on-road only and be like, yeah. wow, I just don't get the thrill, you know? It's yeah. like going yeah. from marijuana to crack cocaine, you know? Once you get that harder drug, you, know, you might not be able to go to the light <laughs> stuff. <anymore. laughs> yeah, it's not doing it for you. Yeah. I'm not a drug yeah. user, by the way. What, what, what's your thoughts, Nick? Um, so I've already made the jump. Uh, to being big twinless. Uh, so, uh, it's funny because actually the same trip that we took to go test ride the bike, uh, the Pan Am that is, and the other adventure bikes uh, that Harley had brought around so we would know and have experienced the competitors. Um, I was on my low rider, but it was like basically bone stock at that point. I think all I had was the LaPera seat on it. Yeah. Um, and on the ride home, I was wishing I was on the Pan Am. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I tried to buy it. But the you Pan were on Am. a Lowrider S. So I was on a Lowrider S. So let's then I customized it up. And, uh, Beautiful bike, by the way. And by the time yeah. I had it all customized and, and set up with the bags and the bars and got it comfortable for me, like, you know, for actual on-ride, you know, on-road commuting, like, they're fungible in terms of comfort to me. Um, but... I just, there's something about the Pan Am for me. And it that, does it all for you. Oh my God, that yeah. bike. I, he has I, to shut up about you, it. You I, favor uh, performance <laughs> a lot though. I yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. I do. So, so like there's something about like being able to 
downshift and just go like just go go like yeah you and 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 john were doing a little highway pole on one of the rides <laughs> in mexico like yeah. still. and like they're they're having their little pole race thing and i'm just riding around it like it's not even happening I, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. watching yeah. you two guys on the pan america just buzz past everybody yeah. like like we're standing still yeah that yeah. that made me made my interest peak even more i was like oh my gosh look what those bikes are capable it, of yeah. it's just yeah. not yeah. even just like that's power is obviously a big aspect of it but mm. i just love how much front brake i can just grab at random at yeah. will and and that's just huge. know that it's gonna it's gonna have the anti-dive suspension so it's just gonna be planned like i that bike is i that is a very special bike to me i don't think about my low rider s at all i mean i love a big twin and the one thing that I will say, I'm sure I'll be at my dad's house swapping for the FXR when I start jonesing right. for a... Uh, That's the big plan. Right? Yeah, <laughs> right. When I start jonesing for something that, you know, you, it, it takes field. a couple seconds to fire up because you got to, you know... <laughs> you you got to choke it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, like when I, you know, want that character because that is something that's irreplaceable and yeah. does not exist on the Pan Am. Uh, it's got a really cool character because I, I love Double Red Ken V-Twins as well, um, but it's not a, uh, you know... A traditional harley big twin so yeah the pan am I, I i'm fully on board that train that train uh, has left the station and i'm loving it so hopefully guys you can take this criteria um and just run through it real quick storage space grand american touring pure highway comfort i think we're pretty much unanimous on grand american touring styling grand american touring infotainment and stereo grand american touring but you know ride modes and suspension and, and that type of electronic definitely pan america performance hands down pan america uh, passenger combinations is Grand American Touring accessories, uh, Grand American Touring character. I feel like we give that to the Grand American Touring as well. Um, utility by far, Pan America. Um, just your ability to ride different places, experience different things, uh, Pan America. Suspension, Pan America. Uh, and then, you know, obviously your riding network is a big one that's a little bit of a variable. But yeah, it's, it's tough. You know, let me know in the comment section below, guys. What do you prefer? What do you ride right now? Um, and if you ride just a traditional Grand American Touring Harley-Davidson, are you interested in riding the Adventure Touring? And, and if so, you know, why is that? But let me know what your guys' opinions are. If you ride both of them, which of them do you prefer? Are you excited about Harley-Davidson really getting in, you know, two feet into the Adventure Touring bike world? Let me know what your guys' thoughts are. Uh, the outfits for Grand American Touring are, uh, well, depending on how far you go, I think more fashionable than the... Uh, than the the suits that you exist for the space America. suits, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Something I'm needs right. to be done in that direction. I'm, yeah. I'm a proud owner of a spacesuit. Yeah, yeah. it's funny, like, purpose built. Yeah. The, yeah. the more built. the more that Just I like I, the bike, the more I look <laughs> at them, the more I'm <laughs> like, exactly oh, this well. looks like I could definitely roll up to my local Starbucks and <laughs> yeah. and, and go inside well, and have some coffee. Needless to say, when we do a few of our off road adventures, I have a feeling you and I, being the shorter guys, are probably going to sample some dirt ourselves and see how that gear <laughs> holds up. And I think you'll appreciate it more then. Yeah, <laughs> well, I think all of us will sample some dirt. I know, I know, I will. I will for sure as well. Yeah. Anyways, thanks for watching, guys. Appreciate it. And, um, yeah, like, like I said, if you have any questions or anything you feel like we missed, make sure you leave those comments in the comment section below. We'll be sure to try to get back to you and answer them. And um, I definitely look forward to the rides we're going to be doing in 2022 on the Adventure Touring Bike. Let me know, too, guys. Are you guys excited about seeing some Adventure Touring Bike and off-road content? Or are you like, no, we just want pure Harley-Davidson Grand American Touring, Big Twin, Milwaukee 8 content. Let me know what you guys think because obviously we're, we're here to entertain you guys. So let me know what you guys think. Thanks a lot for watching, guys. Take care.
Thanks for being here, guys. 